You're listening to the Circling Wizardry Podcast, a show about circling for circlers. I'm your host and founder of the School of Circling Wizardry, Josh Stein. Learn more about me at circlingwizardry.com slash about. Today, I was actually interviewed by this guy named Jack Hart of nvcpractice.com. Jack is fairly new to the world of circling, and I enjoyed his fresh perspective and curiosity on the subject. If you're also new to circling, this may be a nice introduction because I talked a lot about what circling is, how it works, what some people don't like about it, and a look at the current state of affairs of the larger circling community. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Podcasts tend to be just like they're cut into in the middle. There's there's not, <laughs> I don't say like my guest today is, da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, although for you and, and what, and because our topic it, it be, might be a little bit different than what people are expecting, I'll probably do like a one minute something about circling and why it's important for the NVC community to be hip to. Yeah. Uh, and then, but our conversation will be, uh, if I'm just going to start asking you questions and like, I'm not going to, yeah. it might feel abrupt, but I think in the, in the, when the editing is done, hopefully it won't seem abrupt. I guess. That's okay. Good. That sounds good. I, I listened to your interview with um, Andy Drish and oh. I, yeah, I remembered how that started um, kind of right in the middle of it. And I, I appreciated that actually. Good. Good. So uh, you have a podcast, right? You're like three episodes into yeah. it. Or how yeah. do you experience the difference between, let's say, conducting a podcast interview and facilitating a circle? <laughs> that's, that's a very interesting question. <sighs> um, there are some ways in which both you know, after so many years of practicing circling, there's a degree to which I've, I've achieved a lot of flow in, in my facilitation of circling and, and it's bled out into other parts of my life, into more and more of my interactions. And so I would say that how I've been conducting these podcasts has been more and more congruent with how I'm showing up in my circles where I'm really paying attention to the just the the feeling of what it's like to be with another person and paying attention to where I'm naturally drawn as the person leading the the conversation and I I think if I don't know if you've listened to my podcast but if you I have if you the feeling I get when I'm in those podcasts is, is sort of a combination of inquiry of just like, here are the things that I'm most curious about with you. And, and I think a, a large degree of circling. In fact, I'm not sure that I wasn't circling mm -hmm. when I was, when I was interviewing for my podcast, but it, it definitely has a different tone, a different mm -hmm. flavor to it than, than leading a formal circle, I'm, I'm thinking about different things. I'm, I'm holding the space differently. Um, but it really was, I, I've really enjoyed doing my podcast interviews and I, I can't wait to do some more because I really do get into the flow, into flow with the other person and really just like there were, there were a few moments that I remember with Guy Sangstock, who is, um, 
who's one of the original developers of circling and there were a few moments where we it felt like we dropped in into this space of um the right words aren't coming to me but but a space of a a, a certain kind of uh, spacious connection with each other where where the conversation itself slowed down and we just kind of got lost in each other's yeah. each other's eyes and um it was it was a really nice experience and so i really love bringing in what i've what i've developed through circling into into my other interactions it's it's been really sweet mm. yeah i did listen to to um uh at least parts of all your podcasts mm. and um, I, it did feel to me like you were circling guy, especially less so with Sarah, but, uh, and, um, it, and it felt, I felt my own distance from circling, from my knowledge of the practice of circling in, in that it made me, it made me really, um, uh, Conscious, I guess. Like it's a problem I grapple with because um, I'm I'm assuming an audience that has a certain familiarity with NBC, but how mm -hmm. much familiarity is is fluid, and so I, um, but I, I in a certain way I felt like in your podcast you just went for it, like in, in the sense of <laughs> we believe in circling, we want there to be more circling, we want there to be representations of circling, and here they are, and you can hear this or not. But we're not going to make any accommodation to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like that was. So when I take on a new venture, when I take on a new project, more and more and more these days in my life, I have a really low tolerance for um, anything that feels incongruent. Um, and I don't know where this came from. And it sometimes makes my life really difficult. But if something doesn't feel. Um, easy if something doesn't feel like it's it's congruent with who i am i find it really hard to do so i've had to architect my ventures into being in alignment with who i am and so for this for this podcast there there were times where i felt like oh i'm i'm doing a podcast i you know i should do this and this like all my shoulds come up i should do it this way i should have this thing prepared and i should have these questions prepared and i should do it like this and oh, I want to do this, but not everyone's going to be familiar with circling and ah, but I didn't want to teach people what circling was. I didn't want to have to introduce it each time. Yeah. I had a conversation with someone. So I, I put a little disclaimer at the beginning. Um, you know, I mentioned this is, this is for circlers. And if you're, if you happen to not be familiar with circling, please pause, look it up yourself and then come back. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be explaining anything to you here. Yeah. Yeah. That was brilliant. And, and I, and you, you were even more precise than that. You said, Google, what is circling? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering, did that, is that a, um, how did you know that? I mean, besides having Googled it yourself, but is, is there a, like a self-conscious strategy that people are trying to get documents up that explain what circling is so that that can be the common way? Or was is that just happening? I've just I've just heard the question so many times in my what now eight years 
of practicing what is circling and to the degree where I've looked it up a few times and I've, and you know, for instance, when I've been creating material for, you know, I used to run a community in Toronto and we had to give a kind of an introduction on our meetup page and on our website and in our courses. So I want to, when I'm trying to explain to people, I want to have a good understanding of it myself. So me looking at the different sources of what's out there. So I've searched it a few times and I, each time I search, there's like, there's one more or two more websites out there that are trying to describe what it is. Yeah. But I'll, and a lot of them have the same, that's, this is what really prompted the question. I clicked on two or three of them and they were all the same, like they were different <laughs> institutions, but they were, and that, that was really impressive to me because I would have guessed that, you know, since it's kind of bubbling up in different places, there would have been more, a more divergent, presentation of it but it was all like these are the six things that circling can do or these are um this is i'll ask this question but i want to say up front that it really is an invitation and if it's like if you kind of feel yourself resistant to it um for for whatever reason i i have other ways of asking it or or other ways of providing the information but so this audience doesn't you know they're they're going to have to google that up themselves and, <laughs> and uh but i was wondering if you would be interested in um doing the quick and dirty um you know these are the six things that circling does really well or uh <clears throat> any any kind of uh, sort of schematic um, presentation that's that is that you've been doing for years and you're would be comfortable or riffing out yeah i could i could give it a try sort of an, an introduction to what circling is and what it's what it's good at okay and i'll chime in with what in fact, I'll even say up front earlier, you used the phrase dropping in when describing your own podcast. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to underline that at the at the time and ask you, like, to me, that's like the sunum bonum of circling. I hear when I hear people use that phrase, it feels like, oh, that's what we're oh, we really dropped in. <laughs> is that does it feel like that to you? Am I am I picking up on the that is that is a big aspect of what happens in circling. Uh huh. It, uh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll start to describe what it is to me and I'll see if I can fit that in. It's, it's definitely a big component of circling. So to me, so uh, just a little bit of background for myself. Um, I've been circling since 2009 and I've since then have been exposed to a whole slew of people who have been practicing this. Um, I have trained with there's three different schools out there right now teaching circling and i've um had training with all of them and i'm i'm friends with pretty much all of them and um i've had countless probably hundreds of conversations about what circling is and and, and what's the point of it and how it works and all this stuff so this is my integration about circling mm-hmm. to me circling is and I'm going to allow myself to get it wrong as I, <laughs> I'm going to allow myself to uh, be a little sloppy here. But to me, circling is, it's a type of conversation. Some people will call it a conversational meditation. 
in that it, it takes some of the aspects of meditation, especially mindfulness meditation, it takes it into interaction, into conversation, into relationship. And it's a kind of conversation where we put our attention on, on the present moment and on our, and on what it's like to be together on rather than having a conversation about the weather or the news or, you know, one of our friends, we're having a conversation about what it's like to be together about sometime in some circles, there are different formats of circling. Um, there's birthday circles and there's organic circles and there are surrendered leadership circles. But what they have in common is that we're putting our attention in this present moment on our relationship, on our interaction, on what it's like to be together. And with radical acceptance from a place of not trying to get anywhere or making anything happen, from a place of trying to be uh, true to this moment, as true as possible. And it's it's an exploration through conversation, like we're actually talking as we do it. We're not just staring at each other. It's an exploration of what it's, it must sound like a broken rec record, but what it's like to be together. Yeah. <clears throat> well, let me just to add some texture to it. So um, there's, at least for beginning circlers, there's a facilitator to to make this meditation happen. Yes. And so what is that person's uh, role? That's a good question. I think it depends on the type of circle. So for, first of all, I'll, I'll explain a little bit about the different kinds of circles very briefly. So there's what's known as a birthday circle, which is where we're in this uh, dropped in place together, something that I call relational presence, which is being being relational and present together, where we have a focus point of attention. And that focus point is is one particular person and and what it's like to be them their world and we we practice stepping into their world and and getting their world and and feeling feeling their world and and uh, having a conversation about what that's like and then in an organic circle and to a to a degree in in what's known as a surrendered leadership circle which I will not go into today in an organic circle there's no focal point of attention so um the attention can be for the entire time, and this could be for 20 minutes or for an hour, it could be on one person or it can shift around to multiple people who are in this, in this interaction together. And, and, so, and how does the facilitator facilitate that? Like yeah. if that's the large intention. So uh, the facilitator, the facilitator's job is to, I'm going to use the esoteric term. I don't know if this is esoteric, but um, the term holding space, the facilitator's job is to, um, set the context for what it is we're doing together, set sort of the, the rules that we play by. And that includes setting up, the, is this a, a birthday circle or an organic circle? And then to help direct the attention of the participants. And uh, a facilitator may very strongly direct people's attention or, ver or may do so very loosely. I've been in, in many different kinds of circles, some where the facilitator is almost not speaking at all, sort of encouraging or giving space for other participants to 
lead the dialogue. And mm -hmm. I've been in circles and led circles where as a facilitator, I'm doing most of the speaking and where my attention goes tends to uh, set the set the precedent for where other people's attention is going. And so in a birthday circle, I, f I think my job primarily is first to practice the principles of circling, practice the principles of being in relational presence, being dropped in and radically accepting and practicing uh, what's known as ownership, among some other things. So practicing those those things within myself so I can cultivate that state of of presence and togetherness and radical acceptance. Um, and that, that in and of itself will naturally transmit or, or set the tone for other people in the group to follow my lead. Um, and then also more explicitly to keep directing the attention in a birthday circle to keep directing the attention back to the person being circled, the birthday person in an organic circle. Um, depending on how strongly I want to hold the container, uh, to again, direct people's attention, um, to what is, I don't know, most interesting. <laughs> that, that's my, that no one's really asked me this question before. So I, um, this is my first attempt at trying to answer it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm... <clears throat> I don't know how to ask the follow-up question, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm longing for like a little bit more of a micro answer, like in terms of um, when when this person when when this happens and the facilitator tends to do this. Maybe maybe this is a way of asking a similar question. So, um, <clears throat> like a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Uh, do circling and the first time and they just love it and they want more end of story. But I'm imagining that there are some that are just like, Oh, this is not for me. I don't get it. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you could characterize like what those people say, what, what it feels like to not like circling. <laughs> <laughs> um, an interesting question. I'm really um, intrigued by your questions today. <laughs> I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying being sort of flummoxed. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, not having an immediate answer to any of your questions. <laughs> yeah, and I guess I'll just say, in the interest of of getting the best answer I can, I I'm take a minute and ponder, and and mm. I'll snip the minute out, and you'll be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> That's an option. You can also just kind of start in and, and see where it takes you. But I, I just yeah, I, I do prefer the latter. Okay. okay. Even if, if I if I sound a little more sloppy, okay. I like to that that's more congruent for me. Fair enough. I, I, what comes to me first is is the biggest complaint that I've received is now I'll, I'll say the the first one that comes to mind, and then the second one is more context dependent. So one of the reasons. Maybe I'll explain that a little bit. One of the reasons why it's difficult to answer some of these questions is because the answer is a little bit different depending on who you're circling with. Sure. Um, where they were trained, what their particular style is. Um, for instance, circles conducted by someone trained at Circling Europe will look, will tend to look very different from a circle led by someone who is trained at, for instance, the Integral Center. Now, I'll maybe bookmark that and try and answer your question. Mm -hmm. So I think. 
the biggest complaint, and I don't receive this a lot because I think I tend to just attract the kind of people who are already intrigued by this, but I think the biggest complaint I get is from people who are wanting to, so in, you know, if we're in a birthday circle, we we're putting our attention on one person and what we tend to talk about could be anything about what it's like to be them, but we tend to talk about what happens a lot is that we're talking about perhaps some problem that they're having or some way in which they're struggling or, or, or a difficult emotion that they're feeling. And there tends to be a lot of people who will want to help this person solve their problem. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that desire to, to do that. But in terms of circling, our intention is to accept, is to radically accept what's here, what's happening, including if a, if a person has a, has a, a quote unquote problem, if I'm trying to fix their problem, then there's a way in which I'm denying the reality of their experience right now. And so my practice is to actually, instead of trying to fix their problem, is to ask, for instance, ask questions about what it's like to have that problem and to paint a, a richer picture of what that person's experience is and to um, just sort of sit with them in that experience together, to have an experience together in that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so people, there have been a number of people who have said, well, it's, it's just not for me. I, I you know, don't really want to sit around with someone who's, and, and just sort of commiserate with them in their problem or um, what's, what's, ruminate or, and that's not exactly what we're doing, but some people can get the impression that we're just sort of sitting in, in, a, in a muck of, of dirt with yeah. each other just allowing everything to be miserable and, and that's yeah. that's not exactly that's not really what it is but um some people have a very strong desire a very strong need to try and when they see someone sitting in muck to try and pull them out of the muck yeah i like that metaphor that's uh, that's really uh <clears throat> um well it's helpful because it acknowledges the muckiness that circles can can sometimes um, uh, like part of your awareness in, you know, I'm speaking from my limited experience of circling, but part of, uh, well, I, I guess it's the same as the, as the NBC empathy practice too. Like there is this, um, um, <clears throat> uh, like, so I do a lot of empathy calls and, and I'm, so I'm, uh, and even, and so I know that, uh, the opposite of empathy is advice. And so, but, mm -hmm. Even knowing that and even having a lot of experience in giving empathy, I still, in the back of my mind, advice bubbles up and I have to say, yeah. back at that, that's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so if someone that's really habituated to bracketing advice, it finds it difficult. I can imagine that someone that's like not quite knowing what they're getting into and not. <laughs> you know, maybe not understand, never having done any meditation where the, where the futility of just paying attention to yourself, sort of part of the, part of the experience of doing meditation and a huge part of its benefit is recognizing, uh, or let's say working through the futility of it and, and to, to get to the sort of the wonder of uh, having a body and having thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've. I think one other 
thing that people tend to have a problem with is is sort of what you're talking about is like what's the point of just being in this moment together like there's nothing happening there's nothing here and i've i've seen facilitators get kind of forget about maybe maybe unconsciously forgetting that a big part of the practice is to surrender to to this moment is to like not really carry an agenda to try and for instance fix someone's problem and yet that that impulse to to do that or you know what you're talking about giving advice can be really strong and the idea of just sitting here surrendered in this moment across from each other makes some people's skin skin crawl like for me sometimes it can be very uncomfortable to to do that and and people sometimes ask like what's what's the point like there's nothing here and I think it's a little bit of an illusion that there's nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I remember my, one of my teachers, Decker Kunov, who's also one of the original developers of circling. He once said something that really caught my attention. He said, at this point, I've been practicing so long that if I put my attention on damn near anything in, in a relationship and in an interaction and I follow it down, it, always leads to somewhere really rich and you know i want to make a distinction between um trying so encircling we're practicing we're not we're, we're trying we're practicing not trying to get somewhere but we always end up somewhere mm -hmm. and where that somewhere is i would say is something like more fully here and so there is sort of a trail that you follow but that trail isn't a destination that trail is more of the the constant unfolding of the moment and what i've discovered similarly is that if i really surrender to what's here this moment and really open to the unfolding or follow the opening or whatever that means um that dropping in happens and when i drop in more nuance emerges in this moment more detail emerges and what was at what was at first really flat and dull actually starts to become this rich tapestry of an experience. One of the things I wanted to ask you about was uh, in your in your about part of your web page, you talk about, um, I am not a social person by nature. <laughs> I forgot that was on there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so like in some ways, it makes sense to me that a person who's not a social person by nature would be drawn to a structure for being social mm. but in other ways of course you would you'd think it might go the other way I, i'm just wondering how in your experience those those two things came together the first thing that comes to me is there's this old saying you teach what you need to learn mm. and i think that's been extremely true for me mm. i've always always um for a long time since I was young, I've, I've felt really socially awkward and I have been more of an introvert and never really felt like I fit in anywhere. And there was, you know, when I first discovered circling, I didn't really know what it was. The, the word circling hadn't been used until I was yeah. already could, kind of knee deep into it. Could you tell the, tell a, like the very, very first time you went to a circle when you didn't know what circling was, how did that happen? 
I I took a workshop back in 2009, and this workshop was called the Authentic Man Program, and this was put together by Decker Kunov and Brian Bayer. They're the the original founders of Authentic World, and which is now the the Integral Center in Boulder. Um, but I did a workshop in San Francisco in 2009, and the workshop was geared towards helping men um, live, you know, live more fully, um, feel more fulfilled in their lives. Um, but they're more important than that. Their and their sort of angle on marketing was to help men where they struggle in relationship, mm-hmm. uh, particularly romantic relationship and dating. Mm-hmm. And I had been struggling with that for a very long time um, being someone who i consider myself to be socially awkward I've really struggled with with dating and relationships and i tried a number of things and nothing really felt congruent for me and i eventually ran into the authentic man program i had heard an, an interview a podcast that uh where decker kunov was was being interviewed by someone and i was i just heard him speak and I couldn't explain at the time what it was, but there was something about how he was speaking and the way that he was interacting with the interviewer and the kinds of things that he was speaking about that was just felt really unique to me and something that I wasn't used to hearing. He was talking a lot about being authentic and, but it was more so in his tone, in his, his, his just way of being that something caught me and really grabbed my attention like a magnet and I discovered their their organization and um I discovered the Authentic Man program and I eventually in 2009 I I um I saved up some money and I flew to San Francisco and I did their weekend training and what I discovered is that their primary modality in their training course is circling. But they didn't really use the word circling at the time. They weren't really like from a marketing point of view it's it's not necessarily necessary to talk about circling like it, it'll just confuse people right not even a good idea maybe yeah like let's let's talk about the results you're going to get from this program let's talk about how this is going to help you um feel more confident in dating or, or have a better relationship with your partner or or this and that and so i just went in didn't know what to expect i was a little bit skeptical and i was blown away and i left the the weekend still not really understanding what circling was but i the discovery of what it was like that's when my discovery process began like i went back home and uh, i was living in kingston ontario in canada at the time and i started a men's group at my at my university to try and help myself integrate from what i what i learned at the workshop and then also to try and teach this to other people and to try and learn what they were doing. And we just started circling, but we didn't know what circling was. And at the time it was, when, when I was first exposed to it, it was kind of circling plus, it was circling and some coaching modalities and therapeutic modalities woven into each other. Mm, yeah. And um, so at the time I thought it was like, okay, we all put our attention on one person and they talk about a problem they're having. And then we ask them questions about it. And then anytime we think that they're not telling the full truth, we say bullshit. And it was a very awkward learning curve. And it was, I'm very thankful that I had a, a group of guys who were willing to 
tread into into the unknown with me but i really like i didn't know what it was but i knew that i liked it and one thing that i knew going into the workshop was that part of what they try and help you do is see your blind spots um is to see sort of the water you're swimming in is the phrase that gets used a lot in the circling community um that we were talking earlier about that that revelation uh, you know, the revealing of, of what's really here. And there's something about circling that facilitates that, where, especially in a birthday circle, if, if I'm being circled, there's a way in which other people bringing in their perspectives of 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 me in this moment together um, shows me uh, perspectives on my experience that I didn't realize were true. But, but if I check inside, I, I can... Like I know immediately, like Decker calls it the elusive obvious. That thing that's just, it's like the, you know, the analogy of the, the rose tinted sunglasses or whatever colored sunglasses you're looking through this lens and it's so close to your face that you don't even know that you're looking through a lens. But when you remove the lens for a moment, you're like, oh, wow, right. This is the way things actually are. Oh yeah. And it totally, like everything totally makes sense and fits. Let's see, what else did I want to ask you about? Oh, uh, something that Sarah said in your podcast interview with Sarah Ness. Uh, she said at one point, there's grown up a lot of partisanship around circling that's made it hard to just get into the presence of it. Mm. And um, I'm wondering if, if um, you could... Uh, offer a perspective on that partisanship. I know you're not Sarah and you would have a different one, but I'm also guessing that you recognize what she's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think by partisanship, you mean people sort of being on different sides, taking different sort of opposing views on, on certain things when it comes to circling for instance yeah and maybe not just opposing views but maybe like oh you guys are completely you miss this part or like, mm -hmm. that's what i'm hearing in part yes. like yeah. the, a little bit of nastiness involved. yeah um i wouldn't go so far to say nastiness but there's definitely i've definitely seen that um in circling there there are times where i'll admit i've been a guilty party uh, to that um, but you for the a, most part, you made a self-conscious practice to insert yourself into the different camps, right? Like I would think that would almost be unavoidable given your learning curve where you were so committed to getting multiple perspectives yeah. dropped away. Yeah. So I, I've thank you. <laughs> yeah. Keep me on track. Um, so. There is, I've definitely experienced some discord between the different camps, so to speak. I, I do believe that we're all after the same thing. We're all yeah. um, tapped into the same source. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's expressing itself in different ways in mm -hmm. the different schools, but we're all tapped into the same thing and, and sort of proponents of the same thing, championing the same thing in the world. But um it, it looks very different, especially the difference between um, the Western schools and the European school, the um, Integral Center and, and uh, Circling Institute. 
on one end and encircling Europe on the other end. Mm. Um, the Western schools are more structured in their style, um, more skills-based teaching approach, more tools-based, um, very um, comprehensive um, theoretical training and and drilling in, in a lot of the individual tools and an emphasis on birthday circles. And then in the European school encircling Europe, uh, their approach is, is principles-based and teaching through modeling and transmission rather than teaching through uh, skills uh, and tools. And the Western schools, uh, there's a certain cleanliness in their, in their circling and their teaching approach. And in the in circling Europe, there's a certain um, appreciation for messiness. And so people in the European front have um, some people and, you know, I, I think ultimately we all yeah, you, you said that part. You, you're, you're, you're tapping the same thing and it's all good, but we're interested in the contrast. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard complaints on the European front that the, the Western front is, is too mechanical, too rigid, um, too, um, kind of flat or dead insert. Like it's so, it's so, um, contained and structured that it takes some of the life out of circling. Mm. And then I've heard people on the, on the Western side of things, um, uh, say that the European style, um, is too messy, uh, too, um, like not safe, um, too dramatic and, And so that there's that divide, mm -hmm. just and and just a lot of it is is perception based, but some of it is stylistic preferences. And some people actually do better in one environment than another. Yeah. And then there have been there have been discords um, between individuals um, at different schools, um, which I don't want to really go into which schools and naming names, but I I have seen. Um, discords between between certain individuals that haven't been resolved, and it's kind of, you know, I'm friends with, and I really care for all of all of these people, all of these leaders of these organizations here, and it's it's difficult sometimes to see that, to see those discords, to see the way that the, this person isn't getting along with this person, or isn't talking to this person, or isn't doing business with this person. That makes sense. I mean. And it makes sense. I think uh, Andy might have made this comment in the, the first circling interview about how the more um, circling is, is uh, in a certain way, it's success in creating some deep intimacy is going to leave you more subject to some sense of having been betrayed because you were like so... So you're calibrated, you trust so much, your mm. calibrations become really fine. Mm -hmm. So what 
if I didn't show up for something, you might think, oh, Jack just blew me off. Screw him. I'm going on. Whereas if we were had like a deep circling relationship and had done stuff together, it would it would hurt more and probably arouse more. The NBC term would be enemy images, but mm. would lead more to this. I definitely suspect that being in in more of an intimate, like creating more of these deep intimate relationships with people, um, does bring up certain patterning, certain like for instance attachment patterning and core wounding around around connection and relationship that um i have seen uh some people struggle with um it brings up it can also bring up trauma um, past traumas can kind of resurface in, in these kinds of environments sure um so it's not always a um a smooth um uh warm and fuzzy experience yeah yeah that's an invitation I, I would love to talk more to you about about by, by being on our edge i'm appreciating that you're you you're you get the importance of being on and on your edge and you, even in this interview you sort of you sort of went there and I, i'm just really appreciating the energy of, of being with someone who's willing mm -hmm. to do that <sighs> I'm just enjoying that for a moment. I really, yeah, I really appreciate you naming that. I, I can't help but smile. I feel this deep sweetness and appreciation for you. Mm, thank you. Yeah, this is the kind of, even though I, I feel rusty and um, I feel like I'm fumble fucking my way through this, I, I, enjoy the kinds of conversations where I am on, on yeah. my edge. Anyone wants to yeah. get in touch with me or learn more about me, if it's all right, um, I'll just say you can uh, check out my website, circlingwizardry.com. Thanks for listening to the Circling Wizardry podcast. Learn more about Jack Hart at nvcpractice.com. And check me out at circlingwizardry.com and join the Circling Wizardry Facebook group to take part in one of my upcoming free trainings.